This is episode number 231 of the Rising Man podcast with Team Six. Together, we can achieve all things. What is up, Rising Man family? Every single one of you out there, wherever you are, thanks for being here. My name is Jetty Azuma. If we haven't met yet, I'm the host and founder of the Rising Man podcast, and I am honored to be checking in behind the mic for another episode of the Rising Man. Before I introduce this really exciting team that we have here for the interview today, I want to remind you guys to enroll in Compass. Our four-day solo wilderness fast is coming up. This is your opportunity to mark that ceremonial threshold in your life, closing one chapter, beginning a new one, and gathering up all that medicine and clarity that you need to be that gift, to be that service man that you know you came here to be. Four days alone in the wilderness is an experience unlike any other that you can have in your life. And it's happening next year. We've got multiple opportunities to enroll for Compass here in Austin and California, but spaces are filling up fast. So if you're feeling the call, go to risingman.org slash compass and apply for a spot today. Okay. My guest for today is the entirety of Team Six. Who and what is Team Six? In this episode, we shine the spotlight on one of our longest standing and committed fire circle teams. We discuss how they've managed to create relationship remotely while being spread across the whole country. The men of Team Six emphasize the value of connecting together in person, especially the casual downtime that allows men to bond, and why it's important to have hard conversations to build greater intimacy and trust on a team. We also discussed how the team overcame obstacles to reach higher heights together, literally and figuratively. And last but not least, a special challenge from the men of Team Six for all the men out there seeking a band of brothers. Without further ado, Team Six. Man, oh man, Rising Man family, we got a special one today, a first time ever type of experience. We've got the whole, almost the whole, of Team Six. One of our esteemed fire circle teams here. I wanted to bring them on the show today because they have some really valuable experience that I want to spotlight for the whole community. But since we've got eight other men here, I'll just give you guys an opportunity. Go ahead and unmute yourselves and just say your name, say where you're located in the world currently, and how long you've been a part of the fire circles for. Uh, but first, Jeremy Richardson. I am in Big Island, Hawaii. And I've been on Team Six Fire Circle for I think two and a half years now. Beautiful. Zach Carlson here, checking in from Stillwater, Minnesota. I've been here for about four years in the fire circles. Dang, four years! Time goes fast. Uh, Zach Alexander, uh, checking in here from Los Angeles, California. I have been in the fire circles for four years now as well. Yeah. Brian Quigley, checking in from Denver, Colorado. Been in the fire circles for about a year and a half. Dave Sura here from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, approaching four years myself, too. Awesome. Eric here, checking in from San Marcos, Texas. I've been in the fire circles for four years now. Nasser June Wolf Bear, Oakland, California. I've uh, been on the fire circles for two and a half years now. And Matt Cochran checking in from Boulder, Utah. And 
I, I honestly can't remember somewhere between two and three years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just a sign of age, Matt. Don't worry about that. We'll give you a pass on it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, beautiful. And, and we'll just give uh, an honorable mention to the one and only Phil Gomez, who wasn't able to be on the interview tonight, but he, he's been a part of Rising Man since the beginning. He is, I guess you could say, call him one of the founding members of Team Six, going all the way back to when we first uh, started it up. I think it was him and Eric, I believe, the first couple, and Zach Alexander. That's right. Um, so I'm just looking around at my screen. For those of you who are listening to this, not watching, and I see Hawaii, I see Colorado, I see Utah, California times two, I see Texas, Ohio. I see, well, there's another California who's not here, and then Minnesota. And you might ask yourself, how is it that these all these men are connected to one another? And as you'll find, more than just connected, these men are devoted and committed to each other. So let's start with that, because I heard four years, I heard three years, I heard two years. Uh, you guys have all rolled into this at different intervals. So let's go to the, let's go to the elder statesman of, of the bunch, Matt Cochran. What what has allowed Team Six, the, this ragtag bunch here, to to be able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish as far as brotherhood, having been spread all over the United States. Well, it's interesting because I jumped in during when the pandemic first started. So mm -hmm. at that point I was more like geographically felt like staying at home. And, uh, and, but since then and through rising man and not only team six, um, part of our brotherhood has developed over meeting one-on-one, -on -one. you know, uh, Eric came to visit me like within, I think even before fire circle started and I live like way out there, like the closest town is 28 miles away. And so I was really honored by that. And then, um, other things. So there's been the bi-week, bi-monthly, bi-weekly, um, meetings, uh, with team six, where obviously with any fire circle team, um, I feel like, we just cut to the chase and talk about what truly matters. But then on top of that is the layering of um, physical, um, being in the physical together. And that has brought, um, I think, a profound level of just understanding on a basic level. I mean, ha most of us did dojo together as well. So um, beyond the summit. Now, so let's let's open that up to anybody else who wants to respond. I, it seems like team, team Six was always pretty strong. I know that you guys, there, there's something special in the sauce that you guys have created, but it definitely got boosted to another level when most of you guys came out to dojo together. And I know that there was the there was the one on one in person connections that happened when some of you guys were traveling and other experiences like that. So. Let's let's talk about that. The first couple of in-person experiences. Uh, what did you notice happened to your team? Maybe we'll uh, why don't we swing it over to Brian Quigley? Yeah, I think after Dojo, we all definitely got a lot more closer together. And coming back to Colorado, I think we all rallied around actually getting together in the real space and continuing with the actual summit to where we could actually be together. And in the spirit of rising men, do those activities and do it in, in a sacred space up in the mountains. So when that all came together, that was, that was really amazing. And I think it's just continued to manifest into us just deepening our trust with each other and just um, opening up just different parts of ourselves where we might not have been really open in the beginning. 
at least my experience in the fire circles, but now it just seems like it's just taken on something special. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, after Dojo specifically or during Dojo, one thing that came to mind just now is, you know, on our bi-weekly calls, you know, they're great. We drop in, we go deep. They're wonderful for connecting, but I think a big part of what made, what brought us closer together during Dojo was just the fact like the time in between the structure, being able to just hang out, joke around, like really get to know each other and feel each other. I feel like that really helped us just come closer together and have a lot of fun together. Yeah. In fact, that's some of my favorite times when we can banter together. I think one of the, one of the least credited parts of men's work that gets the least amount of publicity is the opportunities that we have to just banter with one another like the silliness, the joking, the inside stuff that happens when guys are just being silly together in those interstitial moments, like you said, in between the serious work. I always like to say that we can't we can't make it through all of this hard stuff if we can't learn to take ourselves less seriously and laugh at ourselves and each other. Uh, so yeah, I definitely witnessed that. It was really beautiful to see that at Dojo. Um, now, before I kick it over to Eric, uh, Zach Alexander, I know that you weren't able to make it out for Dojo. So speaking from your experience of being... Uh, you know, so to, the odd man left out, so to speak, in that experience. What was that like for you? Um, I mean, it was definitely it was definitely upsetting that I wasn't in a place in my life where I could attend that. But like, I didn't feel any more disconnected from the men. Um, I think that's just because I've been in this group for so long. Like, it was just me, Eric, Phil, and then Dave in the beginning, and so, um, and I had even like a, a pretty decent relationship with some of the men in this group, like even outside uh, Rising Men. So, um, you know, I was just like waiting for that opportunity, um, through hell and high water to make sure I could come to the next event where it was in person. Yeah. And we'll talk about the team summit in a minute, but you made sure you got yourself out there to that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Uh, Eric, what you got? Yeah. Rising man, uh, joining the fire circle teams like rising man brought me, uh, a community brought me into a community that, uh, I didn't really have access to and having been a part of, uh, team six since the beginning, um, and joining other spaces doing compass and dojo and inferno, which is where I met Brian and Matt. Um, I was committed. I've just been committed to running around and meeting as many rising men as possible, not just team six, but, uh, but a whole bunch of them. But I've been in spaces with Jeremy and Matt and Zach Carlson and, um, outside of dojo and the summit. And then I did, I went on a road trip and met Matt Cochran and met up with another brother that I was, uh, in Inferno with. And then I had one, I had two guys left at one point and I was like, well, geez, I'm just going to go on a road trip. And I drove out to, through the Midwest and stopped in St. Louis and met Zach Alexander in person. And then I drove right to Ohio and got to meet Dave again in person. And it's been, uh, it's been, it's been really amazing. And then just having everybody, uh, at Dojo, uh, that just, that was like one of the most exciting parts too, as well is because it was like, there was a little cluster here and a little cluster there. And then all of a sudden it was the whole spectrum. And then the idea of doing the summit was just like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do some more. Yeah. Let's do it again, guys. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I love that you share that, man. It makes me think of something I always say when we're preparing our Compass groups. Um, for those of you guys who don't know Compass, when we take a group of men out there to solo fast in the wilderness for four days, and we spend eight days together. Uh, but before that, there's two months of virtual calls, which uh, much of the fire circle space is based on that online virtual Zoom call that before met. And I always let the Compass groups know that there's going to be this magical moment when the men that you've been getting to know on a screen for two months that are just a bunch of zeros and ones and pixels that are put together to produce an image actually become flesh and bone underneath your arms. There's something magical about that. And it's this funny world that we live in where we get to know each other through social media and Zoom calls and all these virtual technologies that are great and serve a purpose, but don't quite match what we're able to do in person. And, uh, I wanted to ask you, Zach Carlson, because you've been around for a long time here. You've, you've watched the fire circles go through many iterations. What is that like? What was that like for you to go and have that first experience? I think it was probably Compass, where the pixelated faces on the screen became real bodies that you got to know. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is that I realized that when we're on these digital calls, I'm looking at your faces and getting out into the desert one of the biggest pleasures, the most meaningful thing for me was to look at something else together. And so we were look, like looking out at the landscape together. We were sitting there looking up at the sky together, but we weren't face to face. I mean, I, I love all your faces and it has been so special to me to be able to like say, oh, do you see that thing out there? And then to look at it like um, side by side. And that was very unexpected. And, you know, it goes along with another thing is that I love getting together in person and doing nothing together. Like when we're on a call, we're doing something and it's, I mean, not even the banter, but just like hanging out in silence. Like there's something sacred about that for me as well. Mm. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the slumber party vibe from being a kid, right? Just, you know, it's always fun to stay up and hang out with your friends, but there's, there's something, at least I remember being a kid. And when you start, when I started sleeping over my friend's houses, there's something warm and, and comforting about being around friends and, and just, you know, sleeping, right. Just like sleeping on the ground nearby each other. There's something that, I don't know. Does anybody have something to speak to that? Because go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, a whole bunch of memories came through sleeping on the ground at near um, the crowbar, you know, and so on. But there is something like Zach saying, not only looking out, but it's the bonding that happens between males doing physical activity together, whatever, mm. one way or another. And so there's sort of this, um, to me, it's a, it's a wilder knowing of another man because we're, we're sort of used to working side by side sometimes. And, and like, for me, there's a real bond that comes from that, that cannot be had Ver, uh, via the virtual world. And so you get to know a man by how he moves, by how he um, is beside you, by how you guys do a task together, by how you laugh, you know, all that, what you're looking at, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll conjure up the spirit of Phil Gomez here for team six, make sure we get him represented. Um, myself, let's see who else was here this weekend. Myself, Eric was here, Jeremy was here um, and Phil as well. Uh, we we held a, an all men's ceremony this past weekend uh, out here in Texas, and it was really beautiful. Uh, and one of the things that he he acknowledged was just how how good it feels to get to know men by doing hard work together. 
by by doing projects together and just having that task to accomplish and achieve and something that's it's physical, that's real, and doing that work side by side, how enjoyable it is, how so much of the anxiety and all the insular feelings that I know I can experience as a man just seem to go away when we're doing those things together. So uh, creating experiences like that for ourselves. And this is, I guess, is the question. I'll, I'll bring this one over to Nasser. The the resistances that come up, because it's it's a lot of work to do something like you guys did, to schedule an, an event and have guys who are spread all over the country arrive in one shared space together. There's logistics, there's money to buy plane tickets, there all types of things. So either just from your experience or what you noticed in other men, how did you guys overcome that resistance? You know, resistance is part of, has been part of the journey from the beginning. Uh, I, I remember you talking about like that moment of when you say yes to compass. And that was my first entry point to rising man was talking to you about compass. And, uh, and, and I had, there were two men that I was supposed to fast with who were on team six, Eric and Zach Carlson initially. And I had resistance and I didn't go the first time, even though I said yes. Um, and I had shame. I had disappointment for that not going the way I wanted to go. Eventually I did fast, but the fact that I was able to be with that, with the men, be with my resistance and still be accepted, um, made, you know, it, it, I, I believe that you can't say yes to something unless you feel like you have the ability to say no to it. And once I, once I saw that I could actually listen to my resistance and voice it, uh, it made, I felt safer and I felt like, okay, I can say yes now. And it made it easier to ask for things that I needed when resistance showed up because resistance isn't always just a, a no resistance can sometimes be a, not in this way, but maybe in another way. And so for me, uh, that meant when we were going to meet in person, I needed to talk about, uh, COVID safety precautions, which is something that I was anxious to talk about because everything I saw out in the world was people just getting mad at each other, yelling at each other, judging each other, not listening to each other when it comes to those kind of conversations. And so for me, uh, resistance or conflict, uh, I've learned in team six has been a super important thing to, to pay attention to and reveal and not ignore or turn away from or hide from. And that going into it together has helped us, uh, become, become closer as a team. Yeah. I want to, I want to go a little bit deeper into that because, uh, in my opinion, conflict is something that many people learn to avoid because it's uncomfortable and it requires a confidence of character and a willingness to be in those uncomfortable moments that many of us don't, don't have. And so I, but I think that like you, like you alluded to there, Nasser, that conflict actually creates an opportunity for a deeper intimacy and connection. I wonder if there's any of you men that would like to speak to that, either your experience of it or how you've seen that help Team Six grow. Yeah, I'll speak to it. I was actually going to bring that up right before Nasser brought it up, but I thought it was the, the biggest point of tension or conflict was the COVID protocol because Nasser had his uh, requests and not everyone wanted to meet the initial versions of those. And we had to figure out how to reach reach a conclusion that allowed us all to be together. And I think I'm really proud of how we approached it and dealt with the conflicts. I think we all came together. We had a team discussion. There was also one-on-one -on -one discussions that happened 
And ultimately, we did arrive at a solution that everyone could agree with. Um, but I just think we did a really good job just being with the discomfort because there's there's always some discomfort whenever there's conflict between people that care for each other, right? But I think we did a, just did a good job just holding that discomfort and just continuing to talk about it clearly with respect for each other um, until we got to a place where everyone felt safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Anyone anyone else have something to chime in about that? Zach Alexander? Yeah, I think it was a really, it wasn't just about conflict. It was also about compromise. Um, I think each man had to look and understand certain things. Like, um, it's not like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with Nostra's COVID views, but like, I, you know, I differ, but it, but it came from a point of like, you know, I could understand, was I willing to compromise on something? Was I willing to say this because I could see the importance and, and how valid, you know, it was for Nostra. And I was like, yeah. And I think some, some of us as men, we all had to kind of come in some disagreed a little bit more. And we were like, are we willing to make a compromise with this for all of one another? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was a real camaraderie, just, um, allowing to really, even if we disagree with someone to really respect where they're at and to compromise in a way that still felt we were aligned, but was acknowledging like, this is really important to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was pretty cool because I, I was for the most part on the outside of, of that, I wasn't involved in any of that conversation you guys were having. You guys really handled it as a team. And what I thought was really cool was it was, it was brilliant to see how you moved from everybody's individual concerns and voicing them to what are we all committed to as a team? And, and, and then how do we make that happen? That's what I've seen. And I've seen that in other places too, where conflict arises and immediately it sends everybody to their corners, right? And everyone starts thinking about what do I want? What do I, what do I need? What do I require if I don't feel safe? And then ultimately the, the resolution to keep everyone together is to remember, hey, what are we all committed to as a team? We want to make this summit happen. All right, what do we got to do to make sure that we can get Nasser there? What do we got to do to make sure that everybody can be there without feeling resentful, like they gave up something that doesn't feel good to them? And you guys figured it out. And I don't even have to ask. I know that it made you guys a stronger team. Definitely created more trust. So really brilliant. And it's inspiring too, to see that. That's something that we've highlighted for the other teams in our fire circle community. And so... um, Let's let's talk about the main event. And I know at the time that you guys, this, this was a big thing to plan. And, and your team captain at the time was none other than Dave Surrett. And uh, so, Dave, what what was it like to get the ball rolling for this big event that you guys had? Uh, I was blessed with a with the with a team that everybody chose their with, with their strengths. We had a a chef among us. We had a a mountaineer among us. We had Jeremy, the master planner among us. So it was, um, it, it was delegating the strengths out. And, um, and I love that we got together and said, what is our focus? And, and, uh, and we chose, you know, leadership was why we all went out there and to exercise our different uh, strengths and leadership, as well as see each other in the physical space. So uh, it was easy for me. I have a, I have a, I be honest with you. It wasn't, uh, I just took, uh, Quigley's uh, suggestion, and and uh, we had a lot of a lot of people raising hands to take part in certain things, and and uh, that that went very smooth. And you're such a modest man, Dave. So I know you won't take much credit, but I actually want to acknowledge you because one of the hardest things to do as a leader is to get out of the way so other people can shine with their gifts. And whether you knew what you were doing or not, it seems like that's what you really did well. You gave everybody an opportunity to show up and shine, and. 
That's what makes teams that are strong teams with very capable men able to do great things. So, uh, so yeah, man, kudos to you. Even if you don't feel like you did very much, sometimes I know that's where I can get in the way is trying to do it, trying to do everything and trying to have my hands involved in everything. So, um, so let's, let's talk about it. You guys, so there was, there was a lot of planning. You guys kind of delegated strengths to people. What, what did you do? Was it, where there was there additional meetings that you guys had to have extra phone calls, time, energy put into this? I'll start off. So I was the, um, summit lead, I suppose is like some, some kind of rule like that. So, you know, I was basically in charge of making sure it all went smoothly and like figuring out the flow of it. So it was pretty straightforward. We didn't have to have any additional meetings. We just would have a portion of our team, our regular team meetings where we talk about the summit, you know, summit details, uh, and then everything else we would just do offline. Um, but it was a very, I would say organic kind of process. Like even the actual in-person event, you know, there was some structure, like we, the big stuff we knew when we were going to do, like we knew when we were going to, when we were going to climb the 14,000 foot peak. Right. And, you know, we had food, Eric had food planned out. He did a great job at that, you know? And then, you know, I, every man on the team was going to lead the, the whole team through something throughout the weekend. That was like the main things. We all wanted someone to lead something. And so you know, we had a general sense of when certain activities were going to happen, you know, based on the overall flow. But there was also just a lot of room for um, the flow to, un to unfold in of itself, where we were basically flexible throughout the weekend, too, based on just what made the most sense, most sense and felt the best for the team overall. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, outside of not really having to have any extra calls or anything, um, you know, during the calls, we would check in with each other and just see like, Hey, how's your, you know, how's your part going? And it's going well. Um, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, I asked, um, I asked Matt for some support with the menu, you know, so I created the menu, shipped it over to him. He really liked the way it looked. And, um, I do believe he offered to support me while we were in person and we all, you know, having, having our, chain of chat, uh, buddies in line, we use those calls as well to support each other, to really make sure that everything really felt, uh, fell into place and everybody, you know, was, was there to help each other. And it just, it, it, I, I don't really feel like there was much of a hiccup anywhere. It just went so well. Awesome. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, man, it was seamless. I, I think Dave and Jeremy in particular made it really easy. And I learned at being at the summit, you know, Dave's actually quite a pool shark. And so he he's able to uh, see all those patterns and he handled us the same way. Uh, and Jeremy's really sort of, you know, like he he lives the, the trans surfing sort of cavalier and things just seem to work out in his presence. So <laughs> I'm the sort of person that uh, I usually don't jump into roles, but when an opportunity shows up, I'll jump in. And that's exactly what happened. I saw that Eric was going to do the cooking and I wanted to be a part of that. So I wanted, so I helped him out in sous chef. And then, um, you know, and then the part that I really loved is that we all brought in these teachings, uh, like a passionate part of ourselves to share with the other men, like our own leadership. And so, that was, and maybe we can talk more about that, but that was really crucial to all of us sort of being able to be in the spotlight and uh, give something that's truly who we are. So, yeah, well, and I think something to also mention is 
the summit, at least the preparation for the summit and maybe the summit itself happened right as you, the last man on your team who hadn't been a team captain yet was in that role. So everyone had had an opportunity to be a captain of this team, to lead this team, get some of that experience registered. And I think it's no, no coincidence that you guys all were stepping into leadership roles because you've, you've all had done that with each other before specifically. Um, I want to, uh, well, well, first of all, I want to acknowledge that Dave Surrett was just outed as a pool shark live on the rising man podcast. So everybody just watch your pockets. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm registering that in my memory for next time, Dave. Um, I want to hear about the vision. Uh, I know that there is a mountaineer amongst you. I believe this took place in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Um, and I know Colorado is your home, Mr. Quigley. So let, talk to us about the vision. Tell us, tell us the epic tale of the summit as though it were a movie trailer for those of us who weren't there. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I love the mountains, love being in nature, um, in the mountains every single weekend, hiking, adventuring. And I just pictured, you know, all of us out there doing something amazing together. And I think the plan for it came together in the virtual space. And I was just like, we got to get out of this. I, we got to, you know, see each other together. And then after dojo it was like, you know, this is actually happening. So for me, it was just, um, it was, it was great to have everyone out there and it happened so organically, like Jeremy said, and that we were doing leadership activities during this big hike that took six to seven hours where we were going from like 11,000, you know, to 13,000 plus feet. And, um, that was very spontaneous, you know, with Jeremy at the, you know, the summit of the hike, we're doing Qigong barefoot on a granite rock. Like that came out of nowhere. I had no idea that was going to happen. And that was like special to me that that happened because I think I was thinking about like, who's going to do the next activity who's going to do the next activity. And it was, um, you know, Zach's activity, was was amazing too that broke me open halfway through the hike and that was like just things i just was not expecting and everyone just brought their energy so and then at the, at the end we just you know raised the rising man flag it was it was a beautiful thing that's amazing so i know you guys keep saying that it was seamless and i believe you guys because I, I know every single one of you you guys are you guys are great leaders you guys are very competent and capable men you got great communication I know there was the the COVID conversation that you guys already mentioned, but was there any other obstacles or challenges that you guys had to overcome? Anything that you guys could let us into? I can speak briefly to that. Sure. I <clears throat> I felt like a lot of inner conflict when I was out there. I had a lot going on back home and you know, something that I worked through was this feeling of like, I need to be in the moment. I need to be totally um, alive and vital and vibrant while I'm out here. This is the summit. Like we've been planning this for months. I need to be happy. And I wasn't like inside, there was a lot going on. I was having a hard time being present. And I tried to do that for like 45 minutes until all of a sudden the guy started asking, dude, what's up with you? <laughs> where are you? And, and I couldn't hide it. And that's the other thing about being in person with people is, you know, I can probably fake it, you know, on a screen better than I could in person. And so 
then it was my opportunity to say yes and to feel, uh, you know, the guys rallying around me. I was able to share from my heart, you know, some of the chaos that I was feeling. It was incredible. And so that wasn't like a team dynamic, but that wasn't like a team conflict, but it was something that I was working through that. I mean, I I can't imagine um, that weekend in my life without you guys rallied around me. It was awesome. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really uh, a really brilliant point. There's like that sensory radar that we have when you're around somebody and you're just like, something's off. And it's hard to pick up on that on a screen. It's hard to pick up on that when we're miles and miles away from each other. So I love that the guys picked up on it and just said, dude, what's wrong? What's going on with you? Uh, Jeremy, you got your hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah. Thanks, Zach, for sharing that because that reminded me like of not a team struggle, but an internal you know, part of my experience as the summit lead was I've, I felt a pressure to have it all figured out as we're there. Like we're going to do this and this and this and this, like we had an, like an opening ceremony kind of experience, a closing ceremony kind of experience. And there was like, you know, several aspects or areas or moments where I really, I, I didn't have a clear vision for how this particular time should unfold. And I actually, I remember I talked about this with the group at the, at the closing because we we're all kind of reflecting and I'm really proud of how I was able to just relax and just let the team, uh, let the clarity emerge from the team organically in real time, you know, for those moments. So, you know, we're sitting, we're starting the summit, we're sitting in a circle in front of the fireplace and, you know, Zach Alexander just, just kind of organically spontaneously lead leads us or drops us in with a meditation and exercise to open the summit. And it was like, I couldn't have planned that. And I didn't know what to do myself, but it just happened perfectly like that. And there are several moments like that. So it was a really great experience for me as a leader to lead by letting go and letting the team rise up, you know, and, and lead itself. And it felt really good to be able to do that. Yeah. I love that. To me, to me, that's the difference between a cook and a chef. Like a cook can follow a recipe. And, and when it comes to events and planning, if, if you've got an agenda and you got an itinerary, a cook will just follow it to the T, regardless of what actually shows up in the space. And when you're a chef, you you work with what you got and, and you take the temperature of the room and you take in all, you tap into all of your senses. So it, it sounds like that's what you guys were, were able to achieve, not being so attached to an agenda. And we talk about that when it comes to leadership, not being fixated on the result or the outcome, but really listening for what's needed in the moment. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, let's kick it over to you, Nasser. You got something to share? Yeah. Uh, there was one more challenge that we didn't talk about in making this happen. And that was a financial one. Uh, cause we're all in different places financially. Uh, we use a system of check-ins for our team meetings called the five F's, uh, that Phil Gomez has talked about on the podcast, family, faith, fun, fitness, and finances. And so we're we're very open with each other about where we're at. And that is something that we decided not to let be a limiting factor. So, um, and, and that's, that's a hard thing to do because we are steeped in a culture that, that is classist in a way, in the sense that, you know, your, your net worth reflects your personal worth, your worthiness as a person. And we decided as a group to not accept that and to make sure that every man wanted to be there could be there i love that i love that uh let's swing it over to matt cochran 
Okay, this isn't a challenge, but I wanted to report on an otherworldly event that happened to us out at the summit. And uh, the first morning, of course, right, dreams and so on. But the first morning, uh, Ely and I were standing, I think, on the window, and he caught a glimpse of a fox uh, right outside the uh, um, the place we were staying. So we went out in the deck and uh, we stared at this thing. I think it was Jeremy, Eric, and I at that point. And it's pretty rare to see a, it was a red fox, really beautiful. You know, almost had like the mascara and the ears, big bushy tail. And that was something enough. There was something that just really the mystery you could was palpably there. Later that day, we went on a, a shorter hike to prepare for our longer hike, which was the following day. And towards the end of the hike, as a group, all eight of us together, we came, uh, we saw another fox up on the rocks um, above our hiking trail looking down at us and caught its attention. So I feel like we are blessed by the energy of this clever and very intelligent being. And almost that was to me like a mirror. There's a picture of it from Zach Carlson, almost a mirror of um, some of the spirit that lives in Team Six. So I just wanted to to throw that out for everyone. Wow, that is a sight. That's beautiful. Um, I got I got one more part of the story that I want to capture before we swing it over to something a little lighter. The summit, right? I mean, it was it's it's like a double entendre, right? It's like the summit gathering, but also you summited, right? You guys you guys made it to fourteen thousand feet. Is there anybody who wants to tell briefly tell that story of getting to the top and making it happen? Maybe you, Quiggs, because you're the the 14, Mr. 14er. Yeah, I think it was set up perfectly because there was multiple lakes that we were hiking up to where, you know, everyone's different physical levels in this group. So it wasn't like one person was going to feel left out, right? So we had multiple places where we would kind of stop, break, have activity, and then just kind of reconvene and go higher and go higher and go higher. Um, and just make sure everyone was on board for that final push. And I think at that second to last lake, there was, you know, one or two of us who was just like, Hey, Quigley, how far, how far to go. Right. And it's just like, Oh, it's just, it's not that far, but it was just like, you could feel it that it was, you know, that breaking point to where it's like, you know, where is, where is the summit? And there, and you can keep going as well. There were, there was multiple, um, elevations in the background, but everyone came together and rallied. That's awesome. You got something to add to that, Jeremy? Yeah, just, I, I really appreciated it. It was, it was a really good balance of physical endurance, you know, and team activity, but like not too much, but it was, you know, it was challenging, particularly for me, just the elevation, you know, I'm not used to being at 11,000 plus feet. It's like, I could really feel that on, on the, on the hike. And so it was, I think it was like the perfect uh, experience for a team like this to get together and, and do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The one and only time I, I climbed a summited a 14 er was uh Mount Wilson uh, outside of uh Telluride. And <laughs> I thought I was in good shape. I was 23 years old. Right after we got above 12,000 feet, my quads locked up in a way that I didn't even know was possible. It took me three out three more hours to make it to the top. So yeah, the, the altitude's no joke. You're not you're not joking there. Um, all right. So inevitably you get a bunch of guys together. It's bound to be stinky. It's bound to be silly. There's bound to be some light moments. So uh 
Zach Alexander, if if without obviously honoring confidentiality, you got any funny stories to share with us? Yeah. And um, you know, I think the thing that's so funny about our group of guys is like, I think there's a dimension of all of us where we're so similar, and then there's a dimension of us where so, all of us are so fucking different. And um, I do remember where like when I was like leading the first um the first like exercise together and I was leading the meditation and I'm like taking us up our chakra points and I'm like, I am worthy. I feel love. And I'm like, I am truth. And then like Nazar and Jeremy just fucking belt out laughing. And I'm just like, yo, fuck you guys. This is serious. I'm fucking leading us through a real serious meditation. And I was like, yo, that sounds like I am Groot. And like everyone just started. <laughs> Everyone started laughing and like this is I don't really care about confidentiality at this point. Ever like you know, Jeremy and I at some point too along the trip all of a sudden figured out that like we've had like we some like woo-woo paranormal experiences together and like we're kind of talking that language and Quiggs is in the back. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you guys? And like, you know, we're all just kind of having like <laughs> like these moments or whatever. And so um it was it was just like it was really funny, like Nazar and Eric are like very different, but then you're we're kind of going to a weed dispensary together and like, you know, oh yeah, the bag of Doritos. Like we had the there was one moment where we all had to put a um a memento, uh, you know, like on, on an altar. And um, I'm always by far the most unorganized, disorganized person in this group. It's not even fucking close. And everyone, you know, putting up a serious object. I'm just like, ah, oh, here's a fucking bag of Doritos, guys. I didn't bring anything. <laughs> But I felt like that was the most important object on the altar. I really felt it. Really, it, it carried a lot of like energetic weight. Was it was it Cool Ranch or was it Nacho Cheese? It was Cool Ranch too. Oh, of course. Okay. Well, there we go. The the, yeah. the one and the one true and most holy Dorito there is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, and then it, at man. the end, we all ate one Dorito out of that bag. Because <laughs> that's all there is. There's only nine in there. <laughs> yeah. There was this moment where we were doing this thing called Tea Group, which was like super fucking uncomfortable it's just like you have to sit here and just for 30 minutes talk about how you're feeling in the moment right and like all of us are super uncomfortable and there's just one moment where i'm just like yo like this is really uncomfortable i just take my vape out and i just hit it really fucking hard and like jeremy's jeremy's, jeremy's just like i'm feeling that i don't like you hitting this vape right now and i'm like, <laughs> so I don't know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of goofy moments i think like all together yeah. And then the ability to, to be honest with each other and not take things so seriously and, and challenge each other and know that it's not personal. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that requires reps and time to, to build up. And I know you guys put in a lot of those reps before you ever got together in person. And I feel like every one of those reps you put together in person, cause it was, it was three days, right? So 72 hours plus or minus, uh, they just, they're, they're, they're amplified. It's like 10 X every one of those reps you put in. It's like a superset. And uh, just again, I really commend you guys for doing it. I could see as as we're start, talking about the the silly stories, you guys who were watching this on YouTube, you see the faces just lighting up. I can tell you guys are reliving those moments in your mind, and that's that's awesome to see. That's to me, that's real brotherhood. And you know where where I want to start to wrap it up here is um, obviously I, I really respect each and every one of you guys and the way that you guys came together and created this of your own volition. Uh, I mean, it's it's a challenge that I've thrown out there since we started the fire circles. And you guys picked up the gauntlet eventually and made it happen. And and now you guys have set the bar higher. Oh, I, there, I can't tell you, every single other Fire Circle team is starting to have conversations at different stages about how do we do what Team Six did. So I wanted to finish up by, 
you guys um, have the opportunity to speak to the men out there, whether they're in the Rising Man community on a fire circle team, or if they're guys who are just out there in the brotherhood space, or even if they're just listening to the podcast and they haven't taken a step further than that, what would you have to say to them when you think about what you've gotten from this and what you would want for other men to get? This is the time for you guys to throw down the gauntlet. <laughs> I can start. What comes up for me is embrace the discomfort. You know, it, there's going to be resistance, conflict, challenges, you know, inevitably there's going to be discomfort. And for me and for us, I think that how we, the fact that we embrace that discomfort really just added to the richness of the experience and allowed us to grow and bond and connect and just have a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, I want to say that um, for everyone out there, that camaraderie is possible. You have permission to go for it. And so why are you waiting? You know, um, I think there's a lot of love in this team here and uh, you can't just get that from the screen. So get out there and get together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to chime in. Um, I mean, this in the best way. It's not a big deal. And what I mean by that is sometimes like we can think, oh, men from the internet getting together at a strange location and trying to form relationships, right? We know like the little, you know, connotation that like, and it's just like, oh, it was just, it was fun. It was, it was enjoyable. It wasn't fucking weird or strange at any point. Like it just, it just was right. And this needs to become more of the norm. And there was Doritos. So you know that it wasn't that serious. But yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> um, Eric. Oh, good. Zach. And then I want to swing over to Eric. I was just going to say, don't overthink it either in the planning process. Like we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we had everybody's buy-in, like, let's do this. And then we just started figuring it out piece by piece. There was no big master plan that we were working from. We had people like, uh, I think Jeremy said, or Dave said, you know, we we're finding out who's good at organizing, who's good at planning, who's good with uh, flights. And we just took it piece by piece. It wasn't this big, huge orchestrated thing. We took it one week at a time. Nah, that's awesome. Um, Eric, I'm going to give you the opportunities specifically to the other fire circle teams. You know them well. You've you've been in the captain space many times. What is what what is the challenge you want to, you'd like to issue to the other fire circle teams in our community? Oh, well, <clears throat> I challenge you all to stop talking about it and making it happen, right? Like these guys have given all those little pieces come up with the place and the time. And just remember, it's like summer camp, man. Like so many things are going to happen. Like these little, these little moments that are like just absolutely imperfect, but perfect at the same time. And get to know that one guy that you don't think that you would resonate with the most. Like those are the guys that I've met in Rising Man. Those guys that I see that I'm like, I don't know if we would actually be friends outside of this space. And I've learned the most from them. And I have a lot of gratitude for those men. And I'll speak to him now, Nasser. I really thank you for everything that you've brought to this space and like the, the, the lessons that I've gotten from you. And it's just, just make it happen, man. It's, it's not a big deal and it's great. It's so much fun. There's a lot to learn. Laughs to be That's had. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, you guys heard it from the men of Team Six, one of our high, highly esteemed Fire Circle squads. I've got a lot of respect for you all, and uh, for everybody who's listening, you know, I, I'll say it right here: 
if you, if you want to have the types of relationships and bonds that we talk about here, that, that it, these guys are demonstrating for you and you hear me and other guys in the rising man community talk about, it's not just going to happen. You got to actually put in those, put in the time. You have to make the commitment and 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 put in the effort to have those experiences, to to do difficult things together, to problem solve together, and and it is it's actually fun. Yeah, sure, maybe it's scary or you know you don't know you, when you don't really know somebody very well. One of the best ways to get to know people is to see how they respond in in different circumstances. And um, so yeah, just again commending you guys, thanking you guys for taking that step forward and and raising the bar for the whole community. I really mean that. And for being willing to all jump on here and give some time so that you could tell your story and hopefully inspire many men out there to do the same. So much love to you guys, Team Six. I, I tip my cap to you. I salute you, men. And uh, when's the next summit? And am I invited this time? <laughs> Same time next year. Uh, we'll have to talk about whether you're invited to the <laughs> All right. All right. I'll start putting in my bids. Uh, all right, fellas, lots of love to you guys. Thanks for being in here. And uh, I look forward to hearing about the next one. All right, y'all, for everything Rising Man, make sure you head over to risingman.org. Check out Compass and get yourself registered today for one of our next Compass excursions coming up in early 2023. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to us in our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. Big love out there to everybody doing your thing. Keep repping the Rising Man way in your life, in your way, in the ways that you give back to your community. Love having each and every one of you be a part of this movement. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny. Destiny.